I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about the idea that they're paying for your confidence. What does that mean? And how is it different for men and women? Then we're going to amplify two very different TV shows. One is appropriate for kids and one is most definitely not. We've also got to take a hike courtesy of our good friend, Amanda, who happens to be married to our executive producer, Chuck Reed. And this week's Hollywood hack is for all of the evil donut bringers out there. (laughs) But first, we've got an update. Recently, we discussed how to know when it's time to pull the ripcord to escape a bad situation at work. And we've heard from so many of you about your own ripcord moments. This one is from Judy. She says, hi, Liz and Sarah. Heard episode 164 and immediately thought of my pull the ripcord moment. After two years of my long-distance marriage, I finally found an HR director job that allowed us to live under the same roof. I had some concerns about my new boss, but the salary was good, especially for the area, so I said yes. Three weeks in, my worst fears were confirmed. My boss, who is now known as Jackass George in my circles, turned out to be a nightmare. I couldn't believe the things coming out of his mouth. He wanted the company to discriminate against overweight people as one horrific example. He was so (laughs) condescending and petty. He treated everyone like they were idiots. We had a major clash, and I was distraught. I just picked up my life, left a decent job and all of my friends, and now I worked for the worst boss I'd ever had. I felt stuck. I'd never quit a job that early, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Maybe it's not a total ripcord story because, well, life, money, how would this look for my career, etc. So I hung on, suffering through long days with a crazy boss. I kept looking for other jobs. I couldn't quit without one. Randomly, I got a call from a recruiter about three and a half months in, and long story short, quit my crappy job at the five-month mark. Turning in my resignation letter was the most satisfying moment of my time in that job, along with all the employees who told me how much they would miss me because I was authentic and not sucking up to jackass George every day. (laughs) 
Uh, nice. Well, Sarah, I think there's nothing more satisfying than hearing about somebody leaving a horrible boss. So true. Goodbye, Jackass George. Thank you for that, yes, Judy. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks, Judy. We also want to remind everyone that we are once again selling our awesome rainbow Silipint Happier in Hollywood cups. Yay. Um, they come with a lid and they're wonderful. And you can um, look us up on Instagram at Liz Craft or at S. Fain to see a picture. They are $25, including shipping. And if you'd like one, just email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com for more information. Yes. Okay. It's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's the notion that they're paying for your confidence. So what does that mean? Well, Sarah, a friend of ours recently did a pitch, um, and we were talking about it with her, and she commented, they're paying for your confidence. We were first talking about it in the context of when we pitch a show afterward, the executives ask questions. That's just part of the process. And your confidence level is what they're paying for. It's like that you say, oh, yes, this will happen in season two. Oh, of course I know how that story ends. Oh, this character trait you have a question about? I have a million thoughts about it. And even if you don't actually know what the answer is, how you say it is really more important than what you say. Yes. Being like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I never thought about that versus like, you know what? That's a great question. And I think there are four different ways to answer it. And, you know, just having that sort of sometimes it's confidence, sometimes it's bluster makes a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. And it's because they are not the experts. We're being hired to be the experts. Our confidence gives them confidence. Yes. And so they need to know that if they stick you in front of the president of the network and you're being grilled about something, that you're going to be able to rise to the occasion. And so that's what we mean when we say they're paying for your confidence. Inside, you can feel any which way. <laughs> but you need to convey that you have all the answers because it makes every their life easier if you have all the answers. And it makes everyone feel more confident that the show is going to be a success. And this is something that is much easier for us now, for example, than it was 10 years ago. Like, it's a completely different ballgame now. Now, when we go in, we can have legitimate confidence because we've just done it enough that we've been through enough that we've earned the confidence. But when you're first starting out and you're first doing pitches, it's really a fake it till you make it situation. You absolutely yeah. have to do like the power move in the mirror, you know, the hands on your hips before you go into <laughs> the meeting and really center yourself in your own confidence so that even if you don't feel it, you can act like you feel it. Yeah. And it's one reason why we really suggest people practice their pitches, because yeah. when you know what you're going to say, it, it's easier to convey confidence for most of us. There is the rare person that's not true for, but that person probably isn't grappling with confidence. That person just is <laughs> confident anyway. Right. And I think, well, two things. One, I don't think this is true just in the case of, you know, us selling a show. I think if you're going in for any job interview, conveying confidence, or if you're in a meeting and you're presenting, you know, a, a project you've been working on, 
the more confidence you project, the more everyone's going to believe what you're saying and think that they've put this project in good hands. Yeah. And part of preparation is to anticipate questions so that when hopefully the questions start coming at you, you're not going, huh, I've never thought about that before. Like people do that all the time for job interviews. They're going to ask me about my weaknesses. They're going to ask me about my strengths. They're going to ask me about whatever issue I may have had at my last job. They're going to ask me how I would handle this kind of situation. Like people really know to prepare for that for job interviews, I think. But if you spend the time to think about all the different questions that could come your way, then you're going to be more confident in answering them when the questions come. Yeah. And another thing we have to mention is this is very different often, not always, for men and women. Men, again, generally speaking, have an easier time projecting confidence than women do. And I think that's because women often think it's impolite to be overly Mm. confident. We don't want to step on anyone's toes. We don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Like we're, yeah, pushing too hard. Yeah, or like we know it all. It's like we tend to be, oh, well, that's such a good question. Let me think about it. Oh, you know, just less sure of ourselves. I think we feel that it's not as threatening. I mean, if we really want to get down to it. Although sometimes I think it's that we're also saying, well, there is no one answer to this. I mean, I think we're actually being sort of more thoughtful about it and saying, well, there are kind of three ways for this to go. But in these kinds of situations, people don't want that complexity. They don't really want those levels necessarily. They want you to have an answer. And I do think men are socialized to be more like, yeah, I know all the answers. Yeah, I can totally do this. Yeah, it's cool for me to be confident. And it's definitely harder for women. Sarah, it reminds me of one of your dad's favorite sayings when he said, I'm often wrong, but never in doubt. (laughs) That's exactly. (laughs) A lot of men are often wrong, but never in doubt. (laughs) And what we're saying is there are times when that's a good thing. Projecting an error of not being in doubt can be a very good thing. And just remember, I think the idea that that's what they're paying for crystallizes it for me because it puts it in the context of, you're still you have a skill set that is being accessed and it's your job to bring forth that skill set and show everybody how good you are yes all right to our listeners how do you dish out confidence we want to know email us or send us a voice memo to happier in hollywood at gmail.com coming up we amplify two fantastic shows but first this break Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. 
netsuite.com slash Hollywood. netsuite.com slash Hollywood. Okay, Liz, it's time for our new segment, Amplify, in which we amplify the voices and work of women and people of color. Today, we've each got a show that we want to tell you about. Liz, why don't you dive in? Okay, so the show I want to talk about, it's, I would say, in the zeitgeist. So I may not be presenting something that nobody's heard of, but I think a lot of people have heard of it and not watched it. So I want to encourage everyone to watch this show. It is called I May Destroy You, and it is on HBO Max. It kind of blew my mind. It is just so fresh and different, but so real and relatable. I feel like whenever you say something's really different, it seems like it's weird. It is not a weird show. It's just (laughs) very fresh. Let me read a description of what it's about. Set in London, where gratification is only an app away, the story centers on Arabella, played by Michaela Cole, a carefree, self-assured Londoner with a group of great friends, a boyfriend in Italy, and a burgeoning writing career. But when her drink is spiked, she must question and rebuild every element of her life. So Michaela Cole stars in the show, Sarah. She also created it. Mm -hmm. So this woman is insanely talented. She just bursts onto the screen and you can't take your eyes off her. Wow. Now, I do want to caution, this show is not for children. I repeat, (laughs) not for children. (laughs) It is a very adult show. But I really would just love for everybody to watch it because I think it's amazing. Now, it's funny because I told you to watch it because I was like, this show, I keep hearing amazing things about the show. And then you watched it and watched the whole thing. And I still haven't had a chance to watch it. So I'm like, I'm dying to watch the show. And every time we get on a phone call, people are like, have you watched I May Destroy You? I know. It's um, really good. (laughs) Yes. But you will. And then we'll talk about it at length. Okay. Perfect. Meanwhile, Sarah, you want to amplify a show that I have not watched yet, um, but I (laughs) know that a lot of people are loving Oh, okay. The show, which is for children, totally good for your children to watch this show, is The Babysitter's Club on Netflix. It was created by Rachel Schuchert. It was based on the very, very popular book series by Anne M. Martin. And the series has been updated to reflect 2020. And this is one of those shows where a group thread started on our WGA Women Writers Facebook group. And everyone was just Mm. like, it's so great. And then Rachel Schuchert was like, oh, my God, you guys, this is so great to hear because she's in the group. I just love this show. And what's what's wonderful about it, there are so many wonderful things about it. But one of the wonderful things about it, it is that it's a kid's show that parents will also love. And it addresses real life issues. It's diverse. It's emotionally complex. You will laugh. You will cry. So <laughs> the best compliment that I can give um, this show is that I found an article online that accuses the show of, quote, sneaking in transgender ideology. <laughs> and I just wanted to say it's not sneaking in anything. It's a wonderful show that embraces tolerance and acceptance, and it's also wonderfully entertaining. So if you haven't watched The Babysitter's Club with your kids or by yourself, absolutely watch it. It is just so wonderful. Two great shows. And totally different. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it is time for Take a Hike, in which we discuss mental, physical, or spiritual health. And today we are talking about mental health. 
Yes, you were hiking at Fryman. I'm so jealous, I have to say, with masks on with Amanda yes, Reed, um, who is our friend who is also married to Chuck. Um, and she said something, and you called me and you were like, this stopped me in my tracks. So tell us what she said. Yes. Great insight from Amanda. So we were talking about the pandemic, which, of course, is all we ever talk about. And <laughs> Amanda was saying um, that she was discussing quarantine with her sons, and she told them, you don't have to get good at this. Wow. Meaning, you don't have to accept this time as normal. You don't have to be fine with not seeing friends and not going to school and not doing sports. It's okay to be bad at that and to be sad and frustrated and angry. And I just thought, oh my God, she's so right. None of us have to get good at this. We just have to survive it. Right. We just have to get through it. This is not something that we should accept and feel like this is the way things are and the way that they should be. It's just not. Yeah. Even though it's going on and on, and the more it goes on, I feel like the more it feels like we should all be adjusted, you know, Mm -hmm. and sort of like, la, 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 life is going on. But the truth is, the longer it goes on, the worse it is. Right. Because it's the longer we've gone without being with our friends and doing all the things we usually do and the kids going to school. Well, and in fact, sometimes it scares me when I'm starting to feel like this is normal. And when I start to feel like, okay, I mean, I guess I'm all right with not seeing anyone or, you know, talking to anyone or going anywhere. I don't, I start to feel comfortable with that. And that's Mm -hmm. not a good thing. That's something we need to be reminded of. Like, wait a minute, question that. And then we have to remember there will be days that are not like this. And those will be good days and better days. I hope. I hope so. But in this idea that you don't have to get good at it, it releases me sort of mentally from just feeling like I'm supposed to be able to cope with everything perfectly, you know? Yes. And and that is actually makes me better able to cope. The idea (laughs) that I don't have to cope helps me cope more. So... Um, I love that. And then Amanda was pointing out that it also applies to other situations. For instance, Amanda's mom, Cindy, has cancer. She's been going through cancer treatment. I'm thrilled to report that she's in remission now. But when she was diagnosed during this time with cancer, Amanda said the same thing to her. Like, you don't have to get good at having cancer. You're doing your treatment. You're going to get through your treatment and your life is going to be, you know, as wonderful and full as it's ever been. And you don't have to get good at being, quote, sick. Yeah. And I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, I know. Amanda is going to be my go-to call when I need wisdom, I think. (laughs) I know, right? I get to live with her. (laughs) Yeah, Chuck has full access to Amanda's wisdom. (laughs) To the font of wisdom. Yes. So thanks to Amanda for that, because I feel like it released me from uh, needing to be a well-adjusted human being. Um, (laughs) And we want to remind all of you out there, you do not have to get good at this. Just get through it. Coming up, we've got a sweet Hollywood hack, but first, this break.
Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack. This is all you. It is for the evil donut bringers out there who don't want to be so evil. Yes. So we complain about evil donut bringers all the time. And if you haven't heard us somehow, it's those people who bring donuts and cookies and cakes and sweets and other delicious foods in our former lives to work, um, but who will inevitably do that again at some point. And we're always like, don't bring that because then we have to smell it and we have to constantly fight the urge to eat it. And it's just so difficult. Okay. So if you are someone who likes to do that, I found a donut recipe that is really delicious and quite healthy. I made them for the drive to Minnesota from L.A. because we brought all our food and I wanted something that was like (laughs) easy and portable for breakfast. Mm -hmm. So these actually come from Angela Lydon's cookbook, Oh, She Glows. But I use the recipe on the food blog, Something Yummy This Way Comes. They're called Chia Power Donuts. They're gluten-free and they're vegan. I made like a batch before the trip to kind of make sure I liked them since they were going to be my only (laughs) breakfast. And I think they need a little bit more sweetness. And I found them a little bit dry. So I put in some applesauce and then they're just like so delicious. So they're very satisfying. They're healthy. When we go back to work or if you just want to have donuts during this time, they are so good. We'll put a link on our website in the show notes. They're absolutely fabulous. Chia Power Donuts. Yum. So you're saying, though, to everybody, do the recipe on our website and add a quarter cup of applesauce to make it perfection. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) To Seraphine's perfection. (laughs) Well, I want to try these. They're so good. Not that I feel like making them, (laughs) but I definitely want to eat them. I got like a silicone donut pan, but you can actually make them in muffin tins as well. Ah, good to know. Yes. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love to hear from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed. Of course, also thanks to his amazing wife, Amanda, for that take a hike. 
Thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing from Whole30's Melissa Urban. And check out the newest Onward Project podcast, Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, how are the dogs liking Minnesota? They love it. They're like completely free range now. They just roam. I hear them barking like down the road <laughs> somewhere in the woods. <laughs> um, and we walk them and they, um, Crackers actually caught a chipmunk the other day. It was like <laughs> so traumatizing. Violet and I were like, no, let it go. Let it go. It was okay. It ran off. But I was just like, oh, I can't handle it. Oh, my God. What's going to happen when you come back to L.A.? They're going to be, like, losing their minds. They're going to divorce us. <laughs> From the Onward Project.